0: Hello, and welcome to a Tour de France special podcast. I've had a few chats with John about exactly what to do around tech and the Tour de France. We're going to do a nice long show with a chat I did with Dimitris Katsanis, who is the bike designer for Team Ineos and Pinarello. Now, Dimitris has been involved in designing the Pinarellos from the F8 through to the F10 and the F12. Long-term listeners will have heard pods that we did with Dimitris all about Tour de France Tech previously. And we talked about doing a Bikes of the Tour pod, just a short pod for different bikes. But to be honest, some of the new bikes, such as the new Monda, the new uh, Tarmac SL7, the market's saturated. They've been done to death. You know, I didn't really want to do 10 minutes on the bikes quickstepper riding when you've already heard probably several two-hour podcasts all about them. However, with the Pinarello F12, it's often a bike that's somewhat overlooked, actually, or even um, somewhat done down, just because Ineos ride it or Sky ride it. Um, Certainly, people I really respect have said in the past they don't really get the F12, and there is a tremendous amount to get about it. And I thought, rather than me rehashing Demetrius's words we may as well hear from the man himself so we're going to take the audio from a membership video that we did did Dimitris with all sorts of amazing stories including having coffee with Chris Boardman just after the 2012 Olympics when Chris said well we shouldn't try and design bikes anymore because we've got them as good as they can get and of course with all of the benefits that we've got now so that show's coming up, um, but just briefly, what I wanted to do was to look at the Tour de France Tech, look at what's going on for stage one, which I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, it's certainly a mad old day. I don't think the riders enjoyed it much. And I think the most obvious talking point from that must be Julian Alaphilippe and his notorious Seize Through Axel. It's John has said on the main Velocast show many times and I agree with him that as fantastic as disc brakes are for my bike's got disc brakes for example they're not good for quick wheel changes and this was illustrated yesterday when Julian ended up needing a new bike and the poor mechanic with the power tools ended up looking a bit stupid. So I think that's going to be quite a popular meme. So essentially the reason Team Ineos, Team jumbo Visma. Are all on rim brake bikes for the Tour de France and other major races, as we've seen, is for the quick wheel change. If you are stuck without a new wheel because they can't have new bikes for everyone, that isn't a marginal loss. It's a huge loss. And what's the point saving a few watts or a few grams here or there to then be stuck because there's nothing as slow as a bike with a puncture or a, a broken mech or what have you. In terms of broken mechs, you will have seen that um, Lars Peterson finished very high up on the stage yesterday in really bad weather, just like he won the World Championships in Yorkshire in really bad weather, and he's riding the wireless SRAM Access group set, which actually, in its first iterations, was responding really, really badly to bad weather. Now, you know from listening to the pod that we're now sponsored by SRAM, but that doesn't mean we lose credibility and just become yes men. We have to retain our own impartiality and independence. And the access, we've all seen the videos from Bork and Molimer swearing and screaming at SRAM. The reports from the team mechanics was that in bad weather, so the Age last year, the Giro last year, uh, to Yorkshire actually last year, the SRAM access, the batteries were crapping out. So there was a lot of teething issues. Those group sets shouldn't have been released as they were. Um, they needed lots of firmware updates um, to get the front mechs working. They needed new batteries as well. And apparently the batteries with the diamond imprint is the ones that they're using now in racing. And they are actually waterproof and working. So it seems that the SRAM access is you know, very much fully up and working. Now, you've probably seen that you'll no one in 2020 if your bike has got any visible wires or cables or hydraulic lines the majority of the bikes in the peloton now just look completely clean whether they're running the di2 from shimano Campagnolo eps or the sram access which has still got two hydraulic lines all of these lines are hidden away in the handlebars in the stem and in the frames Some companies doing that better than others. So the mechanics will all really love the Trek system where all of the lines and wires are hidden underneath the bar and stem, but not actually running fully internal. Whereas other bikes um, like Gary Blem from Team Ineos famously told us, it takes him a day to build their time trial bikes for all of the internal DI2 wiring. Now there is of course a new di2 expected really any time maybe next year maybe the year after we expect that's going to be a 12 speed system uh we don't know if there's going to be any sort of wireless functionality shimano have always said no to wireless functionality because they don't want more than one battery and they think a wired system works more quickly which it does in testing now I've not seen any figures yet, and if you have, please um, you know contact us on Twitter or Facebook of independent testing of the speed of access versus Di Two, because the old ETap versus Di Two, there was independent testing of this, and I'll put the link to this in the show notes. Forty percent slower um, rear mech shifting and fourteen percent slower front mech shifting was the old, original wireless e-tap to shimano di2 and you could feel it when you were riding as well so essentially the uh, electronic group sets were seeing real evolving you know group sets and the next di2 would be interesting to see there's been absolutely no 12 speed di2 or any new type of di2 spotted at the tour yet we often see prototypes at the tour de france but with 2020 being such a strange year, it's just not a standard and lots of production shut down in the Far East, et cetera. So we're probably a bit far behind there. So essentially, yeah, quite a few new bikes out there. And what's really interesting for me is seeing, say, the new Amanda, the new Tama Castle 7, which I'm sure you've all been reading about and hearing about. They look to be amazing bikes. You know, they've got threaded bottom brackets, hooray, they're lightweight and they're aero, hooray, and all sorts of other nice features that uh, the engineers tell you about in great depth. But what was really fascinating for myself is I've just come back from a month out in Switzerland, and I did a ride with John Paul Ballard, who you might remember from a few podcasts back. John is the owner and um, lead at Swiss Side Wheels, but a lot of John's work is actually designing, John Paul's work is designing frames for other companies as well. And what was really interesting when I said to him, Well, what do you think of the SL7 then? What do you think of the new Amanda? He said, I don't get it. I do not get it. And the reason he said, next year, so 2021 onwards, the UCI is going to relax its rules about filling in frames. So essentially the UCI rules currently are very strict. You couldn't take a a triathlon bike and bring it to a a Tour de France time trial or put some drop bars on and ride it in a road race. Whereas those rules are going to be relaxed. So we're going to start seeing road bikes, I'm afraid, get really ugly. It's one of the good things about that rule. But also they're going to get much more aero and somewhat more chunky, actually. So John Paul thinks these brand new 2020 bikes from Trek, from Specialized, are actually going the wrong way. So that was a fascinating insight after getting all excited hearing about them. Now, obviously, no one person has all the truth. And say, for example, one thing John Paul says is weight of wheels just really isn't particularly relevant, all the testing that they've done with their formula one knowledge shows that weight is not that big a deal. And in fact, a heavier wheel will have a flywheel effect. So, you know, can help you maintain speed. However, the lighter wheels they they do admit will help you accelerate more quickly, gain the speed. Now, I know that's the science, but you know, my personal experience is that when you're riding wheels that say five six hundred grams lighter, you really do feel the difference when you're climbing. And also, if weight didn't matter, well, Tour de France riders would all be 85 kilos, it'll be eating Big Macs and drinking beers all through the season. Um, we had Scott Draw for head of um innovation at Team Ineos now, visit us at the academy recently. He said the Pinarello F12s that the riders are using have got special paint, which is 200 grams lighter, saves 200 grams. And he said that really does make a difference in the mountains. So I'm not going to tell you either way which is correct, but just to highlight that just because one, even one incredibly well-informed individual says a certain thing doesn't necessarily mean it's the empirical truth. But I'm excited and reticent to see what the new road bikes are going to look like with these new sort of rules. And certainly I went to a BMC shop out in Switzerland and there was a, a road bike there with drop bars, et cetera, but built without UCI rules. So it had all sorts of triangles filled in really for air owners. So in terms of the Tour de France then, all of the big teams are on rim brakes or teams going for GC are on rim brakes they're doing that because they just want to be able to change the wheels in terms of uh, punctures most likely in terms of exciting new aero bikes well like i've said it's not been so much we're seeing the the venge with knobs on it's more uh, more of a do-it-all bike and it's interesting to know whether this is a response to genuine science, or just the prejudice of riders who didn't want to ride a bike that's say 500 grams heavier and um faster on most applications. But personally, you know, I, I would like an all-rounder bike for sure. Now, in terms of the wheel tech, one thing that's quite interesting, and there's quite a lot of um, unbranded wheels being ridden at the moment. And people are wondering how much of this is teams going outside of a sponsorship or how much is prototype. So certainly we've seen Ineos on the lightweight wheels, which we're going to be seeing again um, this year for sure. Now, quick step, this is really interesting. They've been running the Roval CLX wheels, which are clinchers. So that's right. Team Mechanics of the World unite with joy. Team mechanics um, don't like tubulars any more than anyone else for the mess and the smell and the hassle. But of course, they've been the standard forever with Tour de France Racing and and any professional racing. Quickstep have been on clinches with latex tubes this year, um, which is absolutely fascinating, isn't it? With all of the push for tubeless. But for whatever reason, we don't quite know specialized dropped out of the tubeless race when they bought out the new robel clx wheels this year and what was really interesting is the rim bed of this wheel is a tubeless rim bed you know it was, uh, james wang from cycling tips said his demo set even had a tubeless tape fitted you know so somewhere they decided to officially not say they were tubeless uh, the teams are running them with latex inner tubes and guess what you know and they've had some punctures not been able to change the wheels so maybe not a great option there on another note at strada bianca what we saw was the ef education team were actually running foam inserts inside the wheels so they were painting sealant inside the tire tubeless tire rim and then we're running foam inserts that we talked about with matt Lech, the kush core and such to help protect the wheels um now i didn't think the strada bianca was that rough i wouldn't have imagined that it really would um warrant that but by all um counts that was what they thought was needed uh, sunweb have been seen on unbranded wheels and apparently they are new prototype shimano wheels they're certainly certainly looking very nice um You know, we we don't know anything more about them yet, but look out for new wheels from Shimano. And they absolutely are tubulars with them running continental tubs, as far as I can see from the photos. So essentially, this year's Tour de France, it's not all been about the tech. It never is, but the tech's having an influence, as it always is. So we'll drop in these little tech shorts as the Tour de France goes. Sadly, we won't be having a lot of time trial chat because there is only one proper TT in this race, and that's largely uphill anyway. So we can't get too excited and nerdy getting into the TT tech. But as ever, I am going to be glued, no pun intended, to the tyre technology, the wheel technology, the aero and the weight technology, and just to see if the tech side of it, and just sometimes even the mechanical skill of it, is going to make a difference in this week's tour this year's tour even um i'm going to be enjoying watching it i'm going to be at home for two weeks having just got back from france and switzerland so i'm glad the tour's on i hope you enjoy it too you get to ride your bikes as well you lucky people and we'll catch up soon Bye bye If you want to break into the bike trade, train your staff, or even learn some new skills just for fun, Cycle Systems Academy has a course for you. Our graduates come to us from all over the globe and train with us to gain the highest recognized cycle mechanic qualifications available. The bike industry supports and believes in Cycle Systems Academy, which means they'll believe in you too.